Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Dismissed with your wildlife guides. We love you guys so much. But we are so thankful to have Rodney Basel in the house. I've known Rodney for many, many moons, way longer than we even want to talk about. Because we are, we are those people. We are, you know, we're of a certain age. And it is so good to have Boz in the house. And, and uh, we are just thankful for him. And uh, so thankful that God has put together a dynamic team. And so, Boz, I want you to come, son. Son, listen to me. See, that's what happens when you get my age. Come on, son. And I want you to just preach the word. Let's give it up. Great big life point. Welcome for Rodney Boswell. Good morning, everybody. So to say the least, it, um, I am extremely honored to stand in this pulpit. As Pastor Donovan said, we have known each other. And I won't tell you the story. If you really want to know how we met, see me after church. I won't say it across here. And um, I, knew, I knew him from a distance, but he came to preach at a church that I was serving at. And um, that's where we met formally and officially, and um, he has been part of uh, what I consider a, a very, very good friend since that moment. It was just immediate. Um, and you know this, but he's the guy that you can just walk in and you feel immediately comfortable, no matter what's going on. And that is what I love about your pastor and his wife. I don't know her quite as well, but through the years we have uh, connected. And it is a great honor, and as he said, and I, I am so sorry that uh, Jason introduced me, or McGuire introduced me as the CPA, and that, don't hold that against me. And um, so, you know, it, um, I did have the opportunity yesterday, and I consider it a great honor. You can be seated for just a moment. I did have the great honor yesterday of meeting with your leadership team, and um, I truly believe that um, everything rises and falls on the leaders and I can assure you that your leaders have a clear vision and calling of God for this this assembly and I am super pumped and excited about it and I'm thrilled to be a part of it at the level that I'm a part of it at and um, so yesterday when 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 pastor got ready to speak to the team just before um, I was sitting over here and he was getting ready to do a little vision casting and talking to the team and um, I told him, I said, I'm going to sit over here and take notes. He said, there probably won't be anything useful for you. And I told him, that's not true. I always gain something. So I was sitting over there yesterday. Now, we, we, I have known him, and I've been here, and I've worked with the church. And sitting over there yesterday, I, I told him, so I'm going to get something out of it. doesn't matter if you talk three minutes or five minutes or, or 25 minutes. I'm going to get something out of it. And um, so I was sitting there, and, and it's always great. I'm always the most nervous just before it's time to speak because I always, I don't, I don't, I love to talk, but I don't want to just talk for talk's sake. So yesterday when Pastor was sitting over there, Donovan, I told you I would get something out of it. Sure enough, the Lord reassured me what you got to say they need to hear. And then again this morning when Pastor was praying, standing right over there, the Lord reassured me what you got to say they need to hear I had a lady walk up to me and I don't I forgive me for not remembering her name she said I just want to tell you be confident what you've got to say we need to hear 
I don't know you. My name's Rodney. Your name is? So now we all know each other. We're friends. I don't know what you faced to get here. I don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. And I wish with everything within me that when you get up from here after a great move of the Spirit, that everything was going to be perfect when you walk through those back doors. I wish I could tell you it was going to be perfect. I can't. But what I can reassure you of, you have a God that is exceedingly, abundantly, above all. And He is with you. It does not matter where you are. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. That's the God that you serve. And you know him by name. So to all of our guests, thank you for coming. And to all of our guests, please don't hold the guy that's in the pulpit against this church. Please come back. You'll get to hear the greatest pastor on the planet speak to you. To all of our guests, so please come back. Please hear Pastor Donovan. Please get connected to this church. Please be involved. Get connected. There's nothing greater. So if you'll stand with me and you have your Bible, Jeremiah chapter 29, and I, I, I um, you know, there's people, they, they pay really good money to get aerodynamics in certain things. So, sir, I'm feeling a little agreement with our aerodynamics right here. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize if I get in the wrong way and the light blinds you. Just put your sunglasses on. You won't offend me at all. So, now we've already determined we're friends, right? Come on, let's just have a good time. Relax. We're going to have a good time the next few moments. I promise not to take a long time. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Now this is in the English Standard Version. So it says, For I know my plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for well-being and not for trouble. To give you a future and a hope. And then Romans 8 and 28. Again, this is the English Standard Version. And we know for those who love God, all things. Anybody want to define all for me? That's all. That's all encompassing. All encompassing. The prerequisite for all is for we know. For those who love God. So I'm going to get a witness. Anybody love God in here? Come on. So what I got to tell you is the word of God just told you all things. All things. That trouble. That worry. That stress. That thing last night that tried to keep you awake and you can't figure out what the next step is. All things. All things. If you love God, all things. Work. Together for the good of those who were called according to his purpose. I truly believe if you're breathing God's fresh air, you have a purpose. So if we go ahead and get that out of the way. We're friends. We love God. We've got a purpose. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand in this great pulpit to minister to this great people. I ask that you would open all of our hearts, helping us to understand better. Help us to follow after you. Have clarity as we walk through these back doors. My few simple words help them to make a difference in my life and in their life. And I ask that you do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, for the next few moments, I want to speak to you on favor. Favor follows faithfulness. 
The favor of God always follows the faithfulness to God. Always. John Maxwell, a leadership out there guy, he said, if you wait to feel like doing something, right, you'll likely never accomplish it. Because we don't always feel like getting out of bed. We don't always feel like taking the next step. We don't always feel like take, facing that next challenge or stepping into that next great thing. We don't always feel like it. But at times, you just have to get up. You've got to put one foot right in front of the other. You see, a ship is safe in the harbor. That's where it's ship. But that's not what it's built for. You see, you're not built. You and I, we've already determined we've got purpose and a calling in our life. We're not built to be in a safe place. We're built to be out there. We've been called of God to make a difference and to disrupt this disruptive world. Faithfulness always precedes. Luke 15, just the whole entire chapter is about the lost and the found. Verses 1 through 7, we, talk, we find about the lost sheep. Verses 8 through 10, we find about the lost coin. Verses 11 through 32, we've got the story of the lost son, right? The parable of the lost son. Verses 11 through 24 tells of this young man as we pick up into that story. And he goes to his dad and he asks for his share of the estate. Hey, dad, let me go ahead and have my part of what's coming to me. He's ready to stretch out his wings and fly. He won't cease filling his oats. He's got ready to go out on his own and test the waters. He takes the money. And he completely lives out that statement. Easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go. Not realizing the money would soon run out. Has no concept of money. No understanding of what it means. He lived it up with his friends. And he had every friend in the book gathering up around him. Because he was good timing it and having a great time. He was definitely the most popular dude in the city. No doubt about it. The money flew freely. When the funds ran out, we find himself, he continues to spiral down. The money runs out and he starts to spiral down all the way down till he makes it to that pig pen. And the Bible says when he comes to himself. The Bible says when he realizes, hey, when he comes to his senses in verse 17, it states he, he looked around. Anybody ever done that? You just kind of looked around and say, wow, how did I get here? Things have just spiraled one way or the other. They've gotten out of whack. You don't know exactly how. And you look back, you're like, how in the world did I get here? So he started to have a conversation with himself. Now, people think that's crazy at times. I love to have conversations with myself. I have conversations with myself all the time. Every morning, early morning. I love the early morning. I'm having a conversation with myself and with God. But he begins to have the conversation with himself. And he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe it's in my best interest that I crawl back to dad's house. Let me make my way back and see about dad and see what's going on at dad's house. And he rationalized it out in his own mind that when I get to dad's house, even the servants at dad's house have plenty of bread and food to eat. Familiar story to most everyone under the sound of my voice. So he starts making his way back towards dad's house. And anybody ever had to make your way back to somewhere and as you're, what, you're living it out, how it's going to be. You're living it out as you're making it. I'm sure this young man was living it out in his own mind. This is the way it's going to be when I get to dad's house. I'm going to just basically get to him. I'm going to flop down in front of him and say, dad, please, 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 can I just come and live out in the shed? Uh, just let me live out in the barn. Let me, let me eat, you know, with your servants. He had it all played out. <clears throat> I remember 
a time in my life I was headed to my dad's house and I was playing the story out. And I was like, okay, Lord, when I get there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and, this, and I'm going to tell him about this. I had, I had made some poor choices, and I got the opportunity and the privilege to live out the consequences of those poor choices. And when I got there, my dad was sitting on the front porch. I was like, huh, well, at least I won't have to go in and ask him to come out on the front porch <laughs> so that I don't have to tell mom about it. <laughs> The poor choices that I had made. So I sit down with my dad on the front porch. I can still, I can tell you what he was wearing when I pulled up to this day. It's been years ago. I sat down on the porch and we chit-chatted for a few minutes. And all of a sudden, my dad began to just basically tell me a story. Kind of saw me this and this. And he said, and I think you should do this. And he just kind of starts giving me instructions. And then he gives me instructions. And then when he gets through, he said, and then I'm going to do this. I mean, I walked up, you know, I'm six foot three, but I literally walked up and felt like my knuckles was dragging the tracks out as I walked to the porch. And then I'm listening to this great man in my life tell me, give me input and instructions. And, you know, and, and so I listened to him. And then he says, and I think we can do this and this and this. Will that help? I'm like, will that help? You just fix the problem. It's what in my mind. So we talked for a little bit. And whenever I got ready to drive off, I... I, I remember getting back into my vehicle, pulling out of his driveway, and it was like, wow, my dad was just sitting there waiting on me to come and bring his problem. So this young man found himself in that same state, and he had no idea. But when he gets there, what he had no idea of, that dad was going to be standing out on the front porch looking for him. Looking to see, wait, I know my son, I, I, I believe with everything within me my son's going to be okay and he's going to make his way back to me and he's going to make his way home. And the dad was standing there looking for him and the son had it rehearsed. I had my story rehearsed. The son had it rehearsed. Okay, dad, this, this, and this, and this. The dad would hear, no. He said, bring the robes. Let's throw a party. My son, which was dead, is now alive. We've got to celebrate coming home. You. Ma'am, sir, have a heavenly father that knows exactly. I don't know whether you had a great example of a father and had a great father in your life like I feel like I was blessed with. I have people in my life that don't understand the love of a father and the support of a father and the feel of a father's love and the amazing when it feels when your father puts your arms around you. But if you never experienced that in physical life, let me assure you before you leave here today, you can feel that and you'll know exactly what it feels like to have a dad standing on the front porch saying, just come on, I've got the solution for every problem. There's nothing too great that I can't give you direction and surety and calm and peace over. Come on. We serve an almighty God. But he knows exactly. He is not a God that's out in heaven that's never felt pain. He robed himself in flesh. He came and walked on this earth. He knows what it's like to hurt. He knows what it's like to see the people closest to him turn his, their back on him. He knows what it's like to be put into a place of not sure what to do next. I've got to hurry. 
See, when he got there, we picked the story up in verse 28. Meanwhile, the older son, I have an older brother. I can relate with this story so well. See, in a family, if you look around and you can't figure out who the black sheep is, let me break it to you. You're it. If you can't figure out who the crazy one is in your family, if you can't find them, go look in the mirror. I shaved that guy's head every day of his life. So I can relate. But this older brother and this older brother out in the field, the son was out in the field in verse 28. And when he came near the house, he heard the music, the dancing, the joyful. So he called one of the servants and he asked him what was going on. He said, your brother, the servant said, your brother, your brother's made it back. And your father's killed the fatted calf because he's made it back safe and sound. And you know, just like all of us, it flew right over him, right? And he had a good reason. At first, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father came out to see what in the world's going on. And he answered his father said, look, all these years, he's giving him the, hey, but dad, look at what I've done. He said, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders, but yet you've never gave me the young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. When this son of yours who was splundered, squandered your property and prostitution and came home, you killed the fatted calf for him. Verse 31, he said, the father calmly says, but my son, but my son, you were always with me. Catch this, this this." Flew right over the sun every day of his life. Everything that I have is yours. You see, the youngest son got his share and went and squandered it. The eldest son, not realizing because of his faithfulness, he was just being faithful to the father. Every day he was getting up and he was going about his business. He was living life. He was doing his thing faithfully. Yeah. And when this young son came back, the celebration started. And the elder son caught himself in that moment paying attention to the celebration. But what he failed to realize, greater than any celebration... Greater than any celebration, there is the favor of the Father. Come on, please hear me. It doesn't matter when you look abroad or you look next door or you look down the street. If you see them celebrating over something, don't be discouraged, my friend. You've got favor with God Almighty if you've been faithful to Him. You see, faithfulness, faithfulness, what does faithfulness look like? It's called this great beautiful word that we look over so many times because it's not in flashing lights. It's called consistency. You see, we are called to be on a walk with God. This is a journey with God. 
not a break and stand still. This is a journey. And when you're walking with God, you faithfully and consistently get up every day and you know what to do. You go about doing good. And then if you're not careful, you'll get to looking around and be caught up in everybody else celebrating and get confused and shook up. And the enemy will bear down on you and say, well, you know, look at what they've got going on. Let me assure you the favor of God is greater than any celebration. You see, it's through the faithfulness of God. And it's in the process that it prepares you for the greatness that's on the other side. David, when he went to face Goliath, he wouldn't take Saul's armor, right? Why? The scripture says because he hadn't proved it. He had not tested it. He didn't know whether he could fight with it or not. So he went out, and we've said it many times, I've said it. He went out, he got what he knew, he grabbed the sling. He stuck with that faithful tool that he had used to kill the lion and the bear. He went to the stone and he got it. He went to the brook and got him five stones. I've heard all kinds of ideas about why he got five stones. Let me propose this one to you today. Maybe he got the five stones because, you see, David felt confident in who his God was. He felt confident at the, at the end it was going to be great. He felt confident about that. But what David was a little unsure of, Pastor Donovan, of what the process was going to look like. How was the battle actually going to go? I'm sure David that day was just as amazed as we are when we read one stone. It took one stone. But see, we have the privilege of knowing the end story and how it worked out. But that day, you don't know the end of your story other than God is faithful and that you trust in Him. You may not know what is, you may know at the end it's going to be great. And you've got faith that it's going to be great. But let me tell you, you may not know the process. So you just go through the process. God's preparing you for the great. God's got great things in store for life, point. I heard the vision yesterday. I met with your leadership yesterday. But it's going to take all of us. And don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let the enemy pull you down. Don't let the enemy weigh you down. And you're like, well, I'm just, just keep on keeping on. You just keep on keeping on. David got those five because he didn't know exactly how the Bible, how the battle was going to go. And he was going prepared. The scripture says, Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I told the leadership team this yesterday. I believe with everything within me that if he had said, hey, I'm going to be the rising sun for you and I'm going to light up the entire horizon. You know what we would all do? We would never take the first step because we would see all of the scary things between here and greatness. We would be able to see them. So he doesn't do that to us. He says, hey, you show your faith by taking that step. And when you take that step, I'm going to light the path for the next step. I'm going to be that lamp that will light the next step. You don't have to worry about what's going on out in the darkness. You don't have to worry about what's going on out there and the things that you can't see. Because you see, my God, my God, your God, your heavenly Father is able. He's able. It doesn't matter. 
This is a little carnal. I came today to do my best not to say something stupid. That, that was my normal. That was what I came with to try not to say something stupid. But in the movie Shrek, I tried, Pastor. In the movie Shrek, the wisdom that we gain from Shrek. Donkey and Shrek are headed out on their great adventure, right? But Shrek said some words when Donkey was in a panic, right? He's bouncing around all upset. But, hey, we got to go rescue the princess. But what about the dragons? What about this? What about all the scary things out there? And what did Shrek say? There's nothing bigger and more scarier out there than me. So let me assure you, there's nothing bigger and more scarier out there than your God. You see, the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. My God, my God is able. Come on. A lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Faithfulness to God is what matters. Trust and obey. One pastor said it this way, faith ain't what is, but what it's going to be. That's what faith is. Faith. And it's your faithfulness that says, I can't see it today. But you know what? My alarm went off at 5 a.m. this morning. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to make my way to my chair. I'm going to get my word out. I'm going to read my Bible for the day. I'm going to spend time praying. I'm going to be faithful today. I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. But what I do know is I'm going to be faithful to God Almighty. I'm going to make my way to His feet every day of my life. And I'm going to talk to my Heavenly Father. Faithfulness of God. Elijah, Elijah pushed it to the limit in his story. In 1 Kings chapter 17, and I won't read the entire scripture, but he makes his way to the little lady. This is in the drought. Everything's drying up. He makes his way to the little lady, the little widow lady. She's got her and her son. She's out there gathering up some firewood. He says, hey, bring me a morsel of bread and something to drink. She said, sir, I'm gathering up a couple of sticks. I'm going to make this last little cake that I've got and then me and my son are just going to die. What an outlook in life. What an outlook in life to be in that place. I don't know what's next, so I'm just going to get up. I'm going to throw these few sticks on the fire and then I'm just going to sit here and wait to die. What a place to be. The preacher shows up with this off-the-wall message of faith and says hey I hear what you're saying so don't bring me just a morsel when you go I mean he's pushing it don't bring me just a morsel go in there and make your cake but bring me the first one now I mean the gall of that right <laughs> I mean come on for the preacher to and don't be afraid can you imagine what's going through that lady's life what what do you mean don't be afraid were you deaf when I said to you, I've got this little bit of oil, I've got this little bit of meal, I'm going in here and I'm going to make this cake, and then me and my son are just going to die? Were you not listening to me? Fortunately for us, we know the end of the story, but think about that little lady. In that moment, she had a choice. 
Do I go about being faithful to what the man of God give me direction to do? And trust God? And she did. She went in. She brought it to him. And the scripture points out, it says, and it won't run out for many days hence. It's not going to run out. It's not going to be running out anytime soon. Verse 14 and 15 says, For the Lord, the Lord God said of Israel, The jar of flour will not be spent. The jug of oil won't run empty. So she went on in and did it just out of blind faith. Pure obedience. Said, For my, for my days are numbered. But faithfulness always proceeds. But the story doesn't end there. She was faithful in the jar of oil, and that was reason to celebrate, right? But the story doesn't end there. She's still faithful to God. We find a few verses down that her son passes away. She was faithful to God. Anybody ever been there? Lord, I've been faithful, Pastor. Why did I lose my job? Why am I struggling financially? I've been faithfully giving. I've been faithfully doing this. I've been faithfully walking with him. Why am I struggling so bad? Why are my children? What about this? What about that? Her story went downhill after, after God performed the miraculous and kept the meal coming. But her story went downhill. She lost her one and only son. And then she goes back to the pastor. I, I, I probably couldn't help myself, pastor. Yeah. Why? And she just complained a little bit. She probably earned the right. The pastor, though, had been wa- the pastor had been watching her faithfulness. And you know what that pastor did? He grabbed up that child. He took him up to the little chamber and he had himself a good old-fashioned chat with God Almighty. Hear hear me. Your your faithfulness will take this man and put him in a place when everything goes awry in your life. He'll be able to go to God Almighty and say, Hey God, me and you need to chat about sister so-and-so. Can me and you have a talk about brother so-and-so? They've been faithful to you, so I need to know why. Why, God? And I need you to resurrect this promise for them. He can go to the God Almighty in confidence, knowing that God will respond to your faithfulness. It's your faithfulness that will precede the favor. And oh my, what it does for you. And what a place it puts your pastor when you're faithful to God Almighty. When the pastor goes and fights for you. And you know what the favor of God did for that young lady? When the pastor got through having a conversation with God, you know how the story ends? Her child was resurrected. Because you see, celebration came with the meal and the oil never running out. But the favor of God showed itself whenever her promise, whenever her child was brought back to life. Hear me, your favor, you're in the middle of your favor. Don't let the enemy distract you. I know you've had times of celebration. I know it's been joyous times. And it may feel like, but God, just last week we were celebrating this. Why now? The favor of God. 
is much different than the favor of God. There's a story. Jacob wrestled with the angel. Sorry, media guys. I went forwards and then went backwards. Jacob wrestled with the angel, and I'm going to quit. Jacob wrestled with the angel. And we, again, familiar story. He, he finds himself alone, called off alone by himself. He's getting ready to face something that he is scared to death over. He has no idea how it's going to play out. He's getting ready to face his brother Esau that threatened to kill him the last time he saw him. My brother knows I'm crazy, but not one time has he ever threatened to kill me, Pastor. And the story has two parts that if we're not careful, we'll get caught on the first one and be thrilled about it. Jacob gets there. He wrestles with him. He holds on to him. And the scripture says he was touched by the angel. Forever the touch of God changed his life. Forever. He never walked the same. He never looked the same. The touch of God. And oh, what a reason for celebration. What a reason for the touch of God. But that Jacob was not satisfied with the touch. Jacob held on. He said, I'm not, I'm not letting go. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep being faithful. And why am I going to keep being faithful? I'm going to be faithful until you bless me. The angel said, let me go. You got to let me go. You got to let me go. It's getting to be break. I said, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to have my prayer time, God. I don't care what the enemy does to me. I don't care what my circumstances bring towards me. I don't care that I didn't sleep much last night. When my alarm goes off, when it's my time to find my place into a prayer closet, when it's time to hide myself with you, I'm going to be faithful with it. And I'm going to hold on, God, until you bless me. Hear me. It was because of that. Jacob went beyond the touch. And the Bible says, what's your name? Why did he want him to call his own name? Because he wanted him to admit, this is where I am. Jacob meant deceiver, liar, cheat. So he had, he had the man that he wrestled with said, well, tell me about yourself. I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. Let me just go ahead and get real with who I am. Let me just get real with who I really am. I struggled with those things. I've struggled with alcoholic addictions. I've struggled with pornography. I've struggled with cigarettes. I've struggled. I've just let me get real with you, God. I've struggled, but I'm here holding on to you, and I'm not letting you go. I'm going to stay here in this closet of prayer by myself in this dark, lonely moment until my children are healed, until my situation is fulfilled, until my financial blessing comes, until I get that new job. I'm going to hold on. And I'm going to close. Jacob said, I mean the angel said, what's your name? If the musicians will come. What's your name? He said, Jacob. And the, the, the man looked back and said, no more will you be called Jacob. But you will be called Israel. And because of your faithfulness, I'm going to give you favor. And I'm going to give you power with God and with men. And you see, there's something about this walk with God. And this consistency over and over and over. Consistency, my friend, compounds. And it begins to build. And it begins to build this beautiful thing called momentum. You see, you take a locomotive. 
running down the train tracks at 55 miles an hour. At 55 miles an hour, that locomotive can make its way without even hardly taking a breath through a five-foot steel-reinforced concrete wall at 55 miles an hour. That's great, right? That engine is powerful. It's mighty. Take that same locomotive sitting in the train yard, just sitting still. Oh, its engine's roaring. You can feel its power as you make its way to it. You can just feel it rumbling as you get close to it, Pastor. That powerful engine ready to just rip out of that train yard. You can take a one-inch block and shove it under the wheel of that locomotive and it'll never start. It, had just, it has just as much horsepower and power as that locomotive that was running down the tracks at 55 miles an hour. What was the difference? One thing. Momentum. The favor of God shows up in your life because of your faithfulness to God. Your faithfulness to God is lived out every day in your consistently getting up and walking. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, Hey God, I've got all kinds of faith in you. I've got all sides of trust in you. So I'm just going to go park in this valley of shadow of death. He didn't say that. Keep walking. It's a walk. And your consistency will continue to grow and build and compound until you've... And, and, and I believe it with everything within me that this church as a whole, as a congregation, has made it to the place that the momentum is getting ready to carry you to places you can't even imagine. Why is that? It's because of the faithfulness of this man and woman. It's because of the faithfulness of you precious saints of God that's no matter what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to live and I'm I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Let's stand. Faithfulness. There's a whole chapter. There's a whole chapter about people being faithful. Hebrews 11. Just go read it. It was because of their faith. Because of their faith. Because of their faith. And faith will precede the favor of God that He wants to put on you. The favor of God. As the musicians begin to play, I don't know what's your normal at the end, but if you would like to come, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when this pastor prays over you and this leadership team sings and prays over you that God's going to move that obstacle out of your life and going to give you the strength to go through it and into the favor of God Almighty. Come on, singers. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.